Well, dear family, we, in preparation to come to the table of the Lord, we're going to be looking at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. And so if you'd turn there and then please rise, I will read that and pray. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Father, thank you that we can come before the Father, we come before you through the work of our Lord Jesus on the cross. And we thank you that we can come to this table now of remembrance of what you uh, did on the cross and the victory you won. So we rejoice in this year's scripture. Help us to be teachable as we hear it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in this passage, or right before this passage, the end of chapter 13, <clears throat> the Lord Jesus had just told Peter, the apostle Peter, that uh, he was going to deny the Lord. And then the Lord said, right after that, let not your heart be troubled. And he told all of them there to believe in him because they believe in God and he is God. And then he tells them that in his father's house and in his house are many mansions. That word, if you look it up, and there's a note in your Bible, I believe. Uh, but it's a place. Um, you know, we picture mansion as a huge building. Um, but there is a place, and there is plenty of room. Basically, the meaning is there's plenty of room for all the people of God, for his people. And that he was soon to go, he was soon to die and be raised and ascend and prepare a place for his own, and that he was going to come again and take them, take us, to be with him. In other words, to dwell with him. But they would not be alone. They would never be alone, even as he was to ascend, and they were to stay. They would never be alone because he would send his precious spirit. J.C. Ryle said, Jesus here was, he said, Jesus claims a right of entry for all his believing members. I thought this is a great way to phrase that. Jesus is claiming a right of entry for all of us, believing members. He intercedes, he said, continually for them, for us, at God's right hand, and makes them always acceptable in himself. We are always acceptable in the Lord Jesus. And then he concluded, J.C. Rell said, that this, is, this phrase I really appreciated, that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people is a very cheering thought, indeed. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people, all by God's grace. And so we have seen, it, <clears throat> as we were looking at the I am, <clears throat> excuse me, I am statements of the Lord, Jesus is again clearly communicating here that he is God. He himself will be with us forever. And we have an eternal home uh, in him and with him as we abide in him. Because his spirit abides now in us. Now Thomas, of course, who seems to be kind of slow to believe and understand, he was confused, probably the other uh, apostles were, 
uh, confused when Jesus said, where I go, you know. And that would be heaven. And then he said, and the way you know. And that would be him. That would be through him. So he had declared already that he was the resurrection and the life to them. And so Jesus clearly points to himself in answering Thomas by saying that he is the way. In other words, he is the way to salvation uh, and to eternal life. And then he also says he is the truth. Uh, He is the light of the world. He is the living word of God. And he is the life. As he just said, he is the resurrection and the life. The eternal life is in him alone. So first of all, he is the way, he said. Now there are many uses of the word way in the scriptures, especially in Proverbs and Psalms where it talks about a way or a path that we're to follow or not to follow, which is crooked or, crooked or straight, which is easy or hard uh, or foolish or wise. And in Matthew 7, Jesus told about the wide gate. You know that, the wide gate, this is the broad way. It's, everybody can go that way, it's easy. Um, but it leads to death, it leads to hell. But the narrow way is, leads to eternal life, the narrow way that is in the Lord. So he is the way, he is the gate to the sheepfold as we saw several weeks ago, and he's the only door into that sheepfold. There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, there's one mediator. Well secondly he said he is the truth. There's nothing true outside of him and outside of his word. His truth is absolute. His truth is infinite. And he is the light of the world, and the light through his spirit is what illumines uh, our hearts in order to, to understand the truth and to see the truth. In John 16, that the beautiful passage, this whole passage is talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus says that the spirit of truth will guide us into all the truth. And that he, that is the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, Jesus said. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit of truth is declaring the truth of Jesus to us. And then Jesus is the life, we see. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the author of life, and the only one who can give life, and the only one who can regenerate us to eternal life. In Acts 17, we see that he has life in himself. Verses 24 and 25, Acts Uh, 17 says that the God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all men life and breath and everything. In other words, he gives us life, breath we need for physical life, but he also gives us everything for physical existence by his grace, all that that we need to live physically and to have spiritual life. John chapter one says, in him, that is the Lord Jesus, was life and the life was the light of men. And so Jesus is the only way. He is the absolute truth and he is eternal life. How is that for an absolute statement? These are what our current culture would call very intolerant statements. And the final one is even more so. No one can come to the Father except through me. Vody Bakum, uh, this is some t- time ago I read, he, he watched Larry King every once in a while just to see what was going on in the culture. Remember Larry King is a talk show host. He, he died several years ago, I think. 
But Larry King had a, a habit on his show to bring people in there, Christians or people who uh, maybe were religious. He liked to bring them on and show him, uh, his show and make them squirm. And one question that apparently, I didn't know this, I never watched, but he, he would ask them, uh, these people consistently, these religious people consistently, especially you know, to Christians who would identify as Christians. So he, he would say, uh, is there really only one way to heaven? And so, and he was Jewish. He, he, would, he would say, do you mean that Jews, that the Jews and others who don't believe in Jesus are going to hell? And Bodhi said he had to just turn it off because most of them hemmed and hawed. They just couldn't say what is true and absolute. They couldn't do it. They couldn't bring themselves to do it in front of millions of people, apparently. They couldn't bring themselves to say, yes, he is the only way, and you need to hear that. They didn't want to seem, I suppose, intolerant. In other words, they feared man. Now, you know, we are living in an increasingly intolerant culture. Intolerant, that is, to absolutes, to statements like John 14, 6. And through history, of course, there have been many uh, intolerant cultures. Fox's Book of Martyrs, if you haven't read that, has many stories of our brothers and sisters who didn't take the easy road that I mentioned earlier. They declared that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, knowing that they would probably be killed for saying that or believing that. One modern story of this is in a devotional called The Extreme, you know, there's a series called Extreme Devotion, Voice of the Martyrs puts it out. And this is about a man named Zahid. I don't know if he's still alive, this is a few years ago, but. So he is uh, high up in, in the Muslim priesthood, I guess, in Pakistan. And his practice was kind of like Paul's. He would ambush Christians, and it didn't say that he killed them, but he would take their Bibles from them, and he'd burn them. That was what he felt he was called to do or something. But, uh, but once, he kept one of the Bibles, and he started studying it to prove that Christianity was a lie. You know where this is going. And now I will quote him. He said, I read the Bible, looking for contradictions I could use against the Christian faith. All of a sudden, a great light appeared in my room and I heard a voice call my name. The light illuminated the entire room. Zahid, why do you persecute me? The voice said. And he said, rightly so, I was scared. I didn't know what to do. And I asked, who are you? And the answer was, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so for the next three nights, this occurred, um, and the fourth night he knelt and humbled himself and um, confessed his sin, repented of it. And I, again, I don't know, this is some years ago. Because, I, and I, I say that because he was arrested, he was put into prison as a traitor, and uh, he was there for two years and sometimes tortured. And then he was sentenced to death And as the noose was placed around his neck, uh, he said to those around him, and I would guess in the previous two years he'd said the same thing, the last words he wanted to say was, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. That's what he said. He wanted his final breath to declare what he knew was absolute. Uh, but before he was hung, some guards came in and said, well, there's a stay of execution, and he was released. He didn't know why he was released, at least on the earthly level. Uh, but as, like I said, I don't know uh, but his commitment at that time 
uh, when I read this was that he was going to travel around Pakistan, which is not a friendly place, as an evangelist telling about the way, the truth, and the life. So brothers and sisters, we have the joy and the security of knowing that we know him who is the only way to heaven because he's revealed it in his word. He's revealed it to us through the power of his Holy Spirit. And he has shown us his grace continually. He's shown us his grace certainly because he redeemed us. And whether we live, we do live in an intolerant society, whether we do or not, and every culture to some degree is gonna be intolerant of the gospel, we must proclaim the only way to heaven. We must, in other words, proclaim the gospel. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Not the nicest, uh, kindest, non-Christian you know, not the one who believes in small g God, but not in Jesus. Not religious people who are tolerant of many, many ways. They say you can get to heaven that way. And we need to speak boldly. And Gil prayed for us this morning that we would be bold. So we need to speak boldly of the only way, even if they become angry, even if there are family members this coming week, certainly we can do it lovingly and winsomely, but we still have to be bold. There is only one way. There's only one hope for these people. If they become angry or if they're intolerant, and you know, it seems like those who claim to be tolerant are often the most intolerant themselves, or if they say bad things about us or whatever, even if someday they want to remove us from being able to say that. Jesus said in John 15, if the world hates you, dear family, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Yet because you are not of this world, praise God our citizenship is in heaven, but I chose you out of the world, the world hates you. And so as you come to the table, as we come to the table, we are saying that we love and we worship he who is the only way, the only truth, and the only life, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to enjoy this communion meal with you because you revealed yourself as the only way to come to the Father, the only way to heaven, uh, the only truth in a world of lies, the only life worth living and the only life worth dying for. Lord, we come boldly because we have a faithful high priest who has made a way for us and we delight in the meaning of this meal that you bore our sin in your body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Lord, forgive us for fearing man and uh, fearing their intolerance of the truth which we must bear. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. May we be so. Since you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, we can say boldly, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Lord, we come now to worship you, the only way to salvation from sin, the only truth of the good news, and the only source of life in the name of Jesus, our King. Amen.